Suavemente, bésame, que quiero sentir tus labios besándome otra vez. Suavemente, bésame, que quiero sentir tus labios besándome otra vez. Suave, bésame, bésame, suave, bésame otra vez. Yo quiero sentir tus labios Bienvenidos a Radio Menea. I am Vero Valletti Flores. And I'm Miriam Suela Perez. And we are two Latinx friends. With widely different music tastes. And each week we bring you music from the Latinx artists that we love. And this week we are bringing you songs from 1998. <laughs> hey, throwback time. <laughs> That's right. 20 years ago. Yeah, I guess that is 20 years yeah, ago. Exactly now actually pick it for that reason but now it sounds like <laughs> like we just wanted to go back 20 years <laughs> oh my god yes a we 20 old year celebration of all this music is 20 years old i didn't even think about that uh, well it's just because so we're old we kind I can't of, believe we, we were thinking about throwing the idea around of choosing like just a year yeah to think about my idea <laughs> which was Perez's idea and I was like that sounds way too hard for like two years I've been like let's do it <laughs> I reject it <laughs> you did you did you were like no. and then for some reason we were like 1998 we decided because of a couple of different big releases mm -hmm. and this was one of them including what we're starting with which was kind of both of our picks but um I definitely decided to bring it to the episode and you probably know the song but in case you don't it's Suavemente <laughs> by Elvis Crespo this song <laughs> i know i mean it's it's like you can't go to a latinx party and not hear this song like i feel like even at the non-latinx party when they were trying to throw <laughs> a bone to the latino people they're like trying to play this song well, now they like play despacito which is it's way like less this or gasolina oh yeah it's like less, i would much good. rather i would much rather suavemente but you're right i mean this is so mainstream and i can't believe it. i had to look at it to make sure we haven't brought elvis crespo like how have i not <laughs> brought wild. him yet I like I love Elvis Crespo and I love Merengue and I love this song and it's from 1998 and this was the year that um, this album debuted and he this was his debut album also and he totally killed it it just like went like super popular all over the place like, I did not merengue. know that this was from yeah. his debut album he really fucking killed it the first time around I know I mean coming out of the gate like that must be amazing and also then it's like hard to top you know like your sophomore right. hit is like harder but right. this song I mean this song 20 years later and it's still just as good just as good right. and I feel like I have this sort of relationship with a song where I'm just like, okay, if you're going to play like the one song at, at the function that's for the Latinos, like, does that have to be Suavemente? But low key, it comes on and I'm really glad. I mean, okay. <laughs> Here's what I love about merengue. It's like really easy to dance to. Like it's that's my true. best 
It's my it's best of all of them. It's very simple. It's very straightforward. And you can kind of impress, or I can kind of impress people who don't know that much about dancing, aka like gringas, with like my like spinning moves with, with merengue because it's so easy to stay on the beat. Like I can't really spin people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With salsa or bachata because the beat is, I just, I, I lose it. But with merengue, I'm like all over it. So it's pretty hard to fuck it up. Yeah. It is pretty hard to fuck it up. But shh, don't tell people that so I can feel like. <laughs> no. Um, it's really, really fun. And there's a bunch of hits on this album, actually. So Suavemente is the biggest one, but Luna Yena is also really good. Mm. And Tu Sonrisa, which also was a pretty big one. Um, so I'll probably bring those others at some point because I love those songs. But yeah. This is such yeah, a Yeah, it's so cool th- to be reminded. Like, I feel like I was hey. reminded of a lot of stuff yeah. doing research for this well, episode. I'm glad, that you, I'm glad that you came around because... Yeah, I'm really happy for it. I, the, even this morning, uh, we recorded in the afternoons, and this morning yeah. I texted Perez like, oh my God, I don't know if I can get yeah. this. <laughs> but and then like you a made couple hours later, I was like, okay, okay, I got this. You made it work. You made it work. Okay, so <laughs> what was going on in your life in 1988? You were 15, Yeah. Oh my God, I was 15. I had been in these here United States for a couple of years now. Right. You came in 12, Um, right? I came in, yeah, I came at, at, I guess I was 12 and then I shortly turned 13 after that. I came in 1995, so I'd been here for two and a half, three years, depending on when in 1998 you're measuring. Right. And... You know, it was still, like, I feel like it was, like, the end of the roughest time post-immigration, mm. you know? Like, yeah. I feel like I have a very, very little memory of middle school. Well, middle school is so hard anyway. It, it was so, it's Let so alone, hard like, anyway. migrating in the middle of that to another yeah, country. Yeah, I just actually I, remember very little. I think that it's mostly blocked out because it was it out. a very rough time for me. But I I feel like my memory comes back of it in 1998. Right. And, okay. Good. And you know things begin to be uh, okay. I am uh, cautiously finding myself in the world. I think that circa 1998 is when I decided that I didn't really like being shy anymore. Mm. I was painfully shy as a kid. And I really just, like, even going to the store, I didn't want to buy a thing from a stranger. Wow. Even in Venezuela. So it wasn't a language thing. Everywhere, everywhere. It was not about Venezuela or anywhere. It was everywhere. And then I think at some point, like, probably around 1998, I decided that this shit was dumb. There's nothing, there's no reason to be shy, but it's also hard to get out of it once there's, you know, I'd, I was in a school and people, people already decide what they think of you. Right. right. So it's, they expected it's, you to be a certain way. And yeah. Right. So once like, once your community decides that you're shy, then it's hard to be something different. Right. So it didn't really take until I left, uh, until I left that situation. So I went to college but, um, but yeah, I feel like this is the beginning of that for me. Yeah. That's so interesting. I did not know that about you, that you were shy. I was not so shy. shy. No, todo. Wow. No, I was not shy. I was not shy. I was definitely not like the most popular kid, but I had friends and I, um, 
I did okay socially. I mean, mm-hmm. I, there was a lot of awkwardness and uncomfortableness and a lot of feelings of being left out because it's like there's always an there's always a more popular circle, you know? Like I just don't feel like there mm-hmm. it always feels like there's someone who's more popular than you, but so I have to admit that I had really bad music taste at this age. <laughs> and in high school in general, I was like really in, I was just like very assimilationist and just like wanted to be like everybody else. Well, so I it's listened. it's hard not to be yeah, at that time in your life. Especially Shout at, yeah, out at that to age. the young girls who are not and who find their way that early. I'm so jealous slash that's amazing. I know. It's, it's real. So yeah, I was like 14 and 98 and, um, like Dave Matthews Band, for example, was like one of my favorite musical Oof. groups. And I saw him or them like five times in concert. Rough. So, yeah, like not very good. Not very good. <laughs> but I'm like thankful to come from an immigrant family because then I was at least getting other musical influences in the car and elsewhere. Um, there you go. So I there appreciate that. So I definitely heard Suavemente when it came out. The video is amazing. I feel like there's some amazing fits his hair. in this video like <laughs> these outfits these glasses these looks that yeah. uh Elvis yeah. Chris was serving oh, I man. think that you gotta go back and see them I mean it's good it even has this sort of like the emo hair that was like a little bit greasy kind of like <laughs> yes. bangs yes. thing yes. which is like a 90s thing <laughs> that I feel like a lot of people rocked maybe I tried I definitely day. did that mm-hmm. I definitely had I like, like the little two pieces seen, right. in like front I've with like my colita mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um it was my so look. This episode is accidentally very Puerto Rican, and it's my fault because all the <laughs> artists I brought were Puerto Rican. Uh, <laughs> Shout out PR. But yeah, I hope you enjoy this little throwback gem. Well, my next artist hails from a different place. Um, <laughs> Thank you so for the diversity. <laughs> we have uh, some Colombia coming up. Can you guess? This was the other person that, yeah. uh, that whose 1998 re- seminal release we uh, we decided to base this episode on the year 1998. This is Shakira. Donde están los ladrones came out in 98. Holy shit, that was 20 years ago. Oh this God. song is Ciega Sor la Muda. Is so classic. It's so classic. It's so 
good. And uh, so this was the, I didn't know this, I think, until I looked into it because I feel like there were so many hits off of this record. Mm -hmm. But Ciega Sordo de Muda was the lead single. So when the album came out, this was the mm. first single off of it. And I, I just, I love this Shakira. I, you know, I love Shakira from before this, but this, this like Donde Están Los Ladrones era Shakira was my, is like, she's my girl here. You know, this is when I was like at peak obsession with Chucky. I think when the world was really like yeah. at peak obsession yeah. with her, right? Like here and maybe a few years later when she released her Unplugged album, I think, mm -hmm. you know, everybody was so obsessed with Shakira, right? I was not alone in this and um but i don't think i've talked since our pilot episode a couple of years ago about how much this album really meant to me i just i just loved her so so much and i was so excited to see this like rockera quirky you know not like regular talia singer that totally. was making it big in in the media in latino media so i was just you know just like everybody else like so in love with her so obsessed And um, I have a slightly embarrassing Shakira-related <laughs> confession. <laughs> All right, give it to us. It's time to lay bare your so, sins. So <laughs> um, I'm sure that I was one of so, so many Latina girls who took up belly dancing uh, because of Shakira. Mm, so I yeah. stopped when I learned about the concept of cultural appropriation because I didn't right. learn about that until... Right later, much of after, not. a yeah. few years after 1998. Of course not. Um, and then I was like, oh, this is awkward. So I stopped. Uh, but I was pretty serious about it for a couple of years. And somewhere out there, there exists a video of a group wow. belly dance performance of Ojo wow. Sassi that I was a wow. part of and I helped choreograph. And I've tried to find it. I would post it for you all, but I just don't know where it exists. So this was in high school? This was in early college. Oh, early college. Wow. Yeah, so I was interested I can't in starting you ballet belly dancing. dancing. Uh-huh. Wow. I mean, not even for the cultural appropriation part, but just like it's hard to picture. It's sort of lulls. It's like not your style. Um, I don't know. It just doesn't go with my vision of you. That's hilarious. Well, I was really into it because I was really into Shakira and I right. had been trying to, I'd been like wanting to do it for a long time. And then there was like a belly dancing club at, at college and I was like, oh yes, I'm going to join this. And so then I did it for a couple of years and then I was like, it, oh, this is awkward. Is it connected to her Lebanese background? It is. I mean, her belly dancing is connected right. to her okay. Lebanese okay. background. Absolutely. So it's not Right, it's not her cultural appropriation, it's yours. No, but it's mine. Right. Yeah, right, right. It's perfectly Real. appropriate for Shakira to validate. Right, exactly. Got it, got it. It's just awesome. awkward for me. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a Shakira-related confession, not as, not as awkward as that one. Tell well, me awkward. more. So in college, I played Ultimate Frisbee, which is uh, confession number Deep one. Was. Yeah, very deep was. <laughs> I, you know, I had never been away from home. I just was like, these are my people. Like, I need a way to make friends. And it was an easy way to make friends. Yeah. And yeah. whatever. There are worse ways to spend your college years. But um, we would do these talent shows at our, like, spring break trip. And one year I did, we tried to do this song. Um, because oh, this is a hard one. It's, I mean, that was part of why we did it was to try to do the, like, really, you know, fast the lyrics. Of like a fair, the space. Yeah, that Exactly. One. It was me and... <laughs> My friend Eliana, who I 
don't keep in touch with us. So I doubt she listens to this podcast, but you never know. Um, who is Latina. And then one other friend who wasn't, but spoke Spanish, I think. Anyway, we didn't do a very good job. Let's just say that. Like, not a good <laughs> singer. And, like, I can't actually sing fast in Spanish. So it was not a very good talent. But I was I was young <laughs> and a fan of Shakira. So uh, Amazing. Well, so this song... Um, I just, I fucking love this song. She does so much here. These horns, I love mm. the fucking, these mariachi horns. I'm just mm-hmm. such a sucker for a trumpet mm-hmm. in general, whether we're talking salsa or any, right. in any genre, I'm a sucker for horns. But um, most importantly, I think the thing that I love so much about uh, this general song is uh, I love the song, but also the video. If you've yeah. seen the video, if you haven't seen the video, it's what makes me long so the most political. for this era of yeah. Shakira. Yes, it's just like she's so on point here, right? Like she has like her ups and downs um, in terms of what she's said with her politics, even in on this album, right? Um, but this video is just like sh- she's like literally hanging out with homeless dudes and trans women and sex workers and resisting the police state. Like, can we have that Shakira back? Yes, please. please. Yeah. And, like, literally she's like in jail. Yeah. And breaks out and like, yeah. it's like, fuck you police. <laughs> right. And the, there's even this moment in this video where she has this blonde wig on and it's clearly supposed to be really comical that's what she's like she's still blonde now i don't Aye, know se lo va pintar. and you know what like whatever it's her hair it's her choice right, she found true. her way to make her paper and i'm not mad at her for it whatever everybody gets to decide what color their hair is but i right. still get to miss true. this chiquita yeah i haven't actually like listened to the lyrics of the song do you like know what the theme of it is? I mean, yeah, the yeah, yeah. She's so she's talking about how this person has her completely distracted. She's ciega, she's sorda muda, right. she's ojerosa, flaca, fea, despistada. You right. know, she's just like all sorts of a mess because all she can do is think about this person. This guy. Okay, so it's about love. Yeah, so it's about love, but it's like un amor que la tiene a mess. I wonder if there's a critique of of that, like using that metaphor from like a disability. I'm sure place. there is. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. there is. It's yep. not the smartest choice. No, that issue has been a challenge for a long time. Like people's awareness and acceptance, and like getting more um, conscientious about it. You know, it's yeah, like come a long way yeah. in 20 years. Absolutely. I don't know if I heard it in '98. Yeah, um, but I definitely, at least by college, was listening to it, which is only mm-hmm. like maybe four years later so i think that i was already i was already on chiquita tip from before i came i moved to the united yeah. states i think because yeah. she was she'd already done like bs descalzo so i was right. on chiquita tip already and then right you know it was such a phenomenon and univision stayed on at my house so right. anything that was that level of a hit i was knowing about it you're gonna hear about it yeah 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 so we're gonna take a little break for a little mensaje we have for you all Amores. If you can believe it, it's been two years since we started this amazing project. Yeah, it's our cumpleaños. We're part of our terrible twos, which is why we're playing this amazing birthday dembo for you. I mean, you don't even know. I got so excited when I found it that I hung up on Vero. (laughs) 
Yandari Justin. Feliz cumpleaños. Feliz cumpleaños, te deseo de corazón. Que Dios te bendiga, te mereces lo mejor. Te deseo muchos éxitos y muchas bendiciones. Que te vaya bien, pido por ti en mis oraciones. Porque los que te queremos. Of course, there's a birthday Dumbo. I can't wait for May 28, which is my birthday, so I can play this for everyone. So, over the last two years, we've put out. 61 episodes that you could listen Increíble. to us for a whole a week's worth of a full-time job. Yeah, so many hours of talking about music and how much we love these artists and it's been amazing. Yeah, so. and in that time we've been featured on so many cool podcasts and mm -hmm. radio shows and have had deepened our relationship with a lot of you and it's so cool. So we're super excited about how things have grown, that we've been listened to by over, over 160,000 times by people all over the world that we've gotten to do live events and meet some of you in the street. But we also have some big dreams for this little show. So we're using our Segundo Cumpleaños as a moment to ask you to get involved in helping us grow. So as our cumpleañeras request, yes. we have two asks for you and we have some regalitos for you in return. So more than anything, what we want is to grow. We want more listeners. We think our show is pretty great. Hashtag humble brag. Pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> and we're super excited that so many of you tune in, but we actually think there's way more audience out there that would love us if they knew about us. And really the way that people hear about us the most, there's a ton of ways. People have heard about us from articles. People have heard about us from other podcasts. But what we hear the most is that a friend told them. So would you be willing to tell two people about our show? So this could be a text to a friend, an email. You could literally talk to them IRL about it. Or you could post on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Yes, and we would love to see it. We would love for you to tag us. We're at Radio Menea on all of the social medias. And we would love for you to use the hashtag FelizCumpleRM. And check out the show notes. We'll put some of these details there as well to reiterate. And then as a thank you for spreading the word about our show, if you email us at radiomanea.gmail.com and telling us how you shared about our show, we'll send you these amazing illustrations for your lock screens on your phone and computer featuring Latina artists that Veto designed and created. They are fire. I worked really hard to make something special and yeah. brand new for you. And they're amazing. So thank you to Veto for her creativity on that front. And one thing that really makes growing our show possible is just money for things like investing in cool merch for a Radio Menea store. We have so, so many ideas, but it's really hard to come up with the upfront capital to just make the shit happen yep. so um we would love 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 um your help on that front you know at this point we've put way more time and resources into Radio Manea than we've made from the few ads and events that we've done and we were super inspired by a random sweet listener finding Veto's personal Venmo and sending us $15 How lovely yeah. was that? It was really She's sweet. just like, we love you. This is great. And I just want to support. And so that was amazing. I was really inspired by that. So we created a Venmo account, which you can find by searching for Radio Menea. We're just Radio Menea at Venmo. And yeah. if you donate in any amount, we'll send you the lock screen illustrations. And if you send us $5 or more, we'll mail you one of these sweet... Radio Menea stickers that we got printed 
and send you all three lock screen illustrations that I designed and created. So, you know, we really want to stress that this is, you know, an, uh, this is an ask for people who have the resources to give, like give from your bounty, not your reserve. Like we totally understand um, times are tough for folks. So if you've got a few dollars to spare, we would love the support. If not, telling people about our show is just as important. And we really, really appreciate that as well. So if you do end up Venomoing us, just send us an email with your mailing address to RileyMinea at gmail.com. Um, so that we can send you the lock screen illustrations and so we can mail you the sticker if you've donated $5 or more. So if you think that with Radio Manea we're doing something that's of value to you, if you found us entertaining or if we've brought joy to your life or if we've become part of your routine for the Friday or weekends um, and you feel like we should be compensated for our labor and you have a few to spare, we would love, love, love it if you would Venmo us. We'll be using the cash, as we said, to inverse and merge that we think that you are really, really going to love. And yeah, thank you so much for being part of the show, for supporting us, for telling us about the music that you love and the things that you can relate to from our experiences. It's been absolutely amazing. And we really appreciate you considering celebrating our cumpleaños with us by telling us, telling folks about our show and potentially sending us some cash. We love our little comunidad. Thank yes. you so much for being a part of it. Gracias. So my next song is a salsa hit um, or a salsero who's very famous from 98 called Dale Cara a la Vida and it's by Tito Nieves. Dale cara a la vida, métele mano a la situación que tarde o temprano encontrarás la solución. Un niño está llorando y no le dan de comer. Morirá sin remedio bendito, ¿qué vamos a hacer? Tenemos que buscarle salida a esta situación. Si dejamos que esto siga ocurriendo, no habrá salvación. Dale cara a la vida, métele mano a la situación, que tarde o temprano encontrarás la solución. Bajo un cielo azul, ya no brilla el sol, una nube negra está ropando toda la región. Un hombre llorando pide compasión, por favor que nos van a dejar sin respiración. He's, he's got much bigger hits. This song is not a particularly big one for him, but it was mm, an album mm-hmm. that was released in 98, so I wanted to bring it. Um, we've brought, I brought Tito Nieves twice before, and he's a Puerto Rican salsero, but um, born and raised in New York City, I believe. And this is actually yeah. the title, title track from his 98 album. He's known okay. as El pa- Pavarotti de la Salsa. I think maybe because he's like... I think maybe just because he's like a... Fire voice. He's a, well, he's a deep voice, and he's a big dude. You know, mm, you think that's um, it? <laughs> that's I weird. Think so I think it's a little bit about the way he looks. Yeah, um, but he does have a great voice for sure. Um, and the thing that drew, drew me to the song when I was looking back, I don't know that I heard this particular song in '98, but you know, his I definitely, you know, my father's definitely a fan of his music. I'm sure I heard it growing up, but I really liked the message of the song. 
because it's all it's pretty hopeful and it's all about not not giving up and that you just have to work to find the solutions and about you know facing life with courage so i i don't know it just kind of stuck stuck out at me as i was doing my research on this album and he's you know he's a classico like and i'm never i'm a, like i say often i'm a here for salsa romantica you know but it's of interesting because this one's not of actually a, i know this one's not actually about romance but it has the same sound that salsa romantica does um and if you if you all follow us on instagram which you should at radi Manea, i posted a story <laughs> this weekend because i was hanging out with my father and was like hey tell me music from 1998 um and so we went up and like looked at his cd collection which is massive and impressive and just yes. so much good so salsa big, from the 80s so good. from the 80s and 90s um, I have so many artists I'm going to bring in the future, so I'm psyched about it. But we were talking about what was like the peak, kind of, did he think, the peak of salsa in the U.S.? And he said mm. it was like 93 that he felt like was like the biggest year for salsa. There's so many different artists and a ton of um, records coming out and that that was kind of the pinnacle for the salsa, particularly like popularity of salsa in the United States among Latinos. Not necessarily like mainstream, like, but in terms of like Latino music in the U.S., that that was a pinnacle, um, which I thought was interesting to think about. So a lot of these guys, that's also, you know, like Tito Nieves and stuff, were already kind of popular by the time the late '90s hit. So, and he also, my dad was also just like, I kind of stopped following music toward the late '90s for like lots of reasons um, that had nothing to do with the music, but. But I was recently saw a presentation um, just about like migration patterns in the U.S., like Latino migration patterns in the U.S. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I had never really like spent a lot of time with. I was actually at um, the Latino Medical Student Association Regional Conference. I spoke. um, I was one of their keynote speakers, and so I. But I stayed for the rest of the conference and listened to some of the other presentations. And so Uh one of the the um, the doctors was talking about sort of migration patterns. And so, yeah, there was like a big, big rise in migration, Latino migration to the U.S. in the 80s and 90s that came from economic things going on, political and economic things going on in Latin America. Right. And economic things going on in the U.S. That that was kind of a period. Right, like NAFTA. Yeah. Yeah. And economic growth in the U.S. And then a lot of also recruitment of workers from Central America to certain industries in the U.S. around the country and things like that. So it kind of makes sense to think about that and then also think about music. I mean, obviously a lot of those immigration was not Caribbean immigration. It was immigration from Central America. But I think there's like a relationship to – Right. I mean, salsa is not just a Caribbean um, popular thing. So anyway, a little bit of like nerdery that I hadn't really thought about. And then there's been a Mm -hmm. total downturn in terms of immigration – in the last like 10 plus years, again, yeah. also economically driven, but also immigration crackdown, um, stuff happening politically, things even during the Obama administration. But the rise in the Latino population is a result of that boom in the 80s and 90s and then people having children, right? So most of the growth in the, the Latino population in the U.S. is from um, that generation of immigrants who have had children, who've also right. had children in the right, U.S. Right, so There's like Makes a sense. real significant trajectory so anyways a little bit of nerd history but um yeah tito nieves he's got like many generations of music you know he's been doing this thing for a long time is that um a saying that you've heard before what dale cara, dale cara a la vida yeah yeah it's like english sort of translates to like facing life 
you know. Yeah, but like dale cara is like a little bit more dignified, you know, like be yeah. like, you know. With courage like or something. Face your yeah. shit, but like dale cara. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how to translate, right. but I'm right. just saying it yeah. over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing with idioms, right? This is what we talked about before. Yeah. Like idioms are just so hard to translate, but... Um, but oh yes, this is, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm here for a hopeful message <laughs> and even talks about like addressing hunger. Like it's interesting the, the ways these, the lyrics that this right, turns people. this song takes. So yeah. Okay. All Did right, you listen so, to salsa in this era or no? Cause your parents weren't really music people, right? Yeah. My parents weren't really, really music people. I listened to salsa in the sense that like it was around, right? It was in the world as a Latina person who went to right. Latino gatherings and functions. Right. Right. Like it was just part of yeah. what existed around me, but it wasn't a big, uh, it wasn't a big part of um, the stuff that I listened to. Although now there's some, some like some, I would say 1998 salsa that I would really find excellent and i'm gonna mm. bring one later but the next nice. song that i have yes. is a different genre it was some really really formative shit for me right here <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> and it's completely amazing this is called quieren chorizo and it's by wasabanga Follow me up for eso. like late 90s mm -hmm. Veronica material. Mm -hmm. So, so I remembered this because while I was doing my research, I was sort of poking around the internet and um, I saw that Remezcla had a new column out, uh, I think the second installment in this series that they're doing called Tupum Pum on the history of reggaeton. Mm, and so I want to shout out Eddie Cepeda here. He's doing such an amazing job over there uh, writing uh, this column. We'll link to the series in our show notes. It's some really incredible, deep-ass history on reggaeton. And it's stuff that uh, that is it goes really deep. So I, it's history that I know sort of the contours of, but it's really nice to know the details. And he's really spoken to a lot of people and, and really got gotten in there. And this, this last column was about uh, Panama and uh, the Panamanian history of reggaeton's roots, mm -hmm. which are not talked about a ton. Mm -hmm. So no. because... Um, 
because of that column, I remembered the Cuentos de la Cripta records, right? Which was the series of three records. There's Cuentos de la Cripta, uno, dos, y tres, um, by Panamanian producer El Chombo. And they were huge in Venezuela, right? And I got this hookup from the primos when I would go back for some mm. summers, right? So I would go back and it, these records were heavy, heavy in rotation. Mm. And, um, you know, we've discussed that history, the Panamanian uh, yeah. connection to reggaeton a few times on this podcast. And um, probably most notably in pro one of our early episodes uh, right. on the contributions of Afro-Latinx artists uh, to mm -hmm. Latinx music when we brought El General. Right. If right. you weren't a listener back then, two years ago, when we did that episode really <laughs> early on, because we wanted yeah. to just like out the gate, be like, yo, we can't go on right. uh, with this podcast, not talking about this really early on. Yeah. Um, you should go back and listen to that. Obviously, we've done other uh, episodes that focus on Afro-Latinx music since, and um, they Afro-Latinx artists are part of who we bring all the time to this, right. but we decided to focus uh, really specifically um, on them, and we brought El General then, who's one of our favorites. Um, but it's really interesting, you know, I don't know if it's because of the geographic proximity, okay, but for me, as somebody who came up in Venezuela in the 90s, that link from Panama to, and Panamanian music and reggaeton español to reggaeton yeah. was never really lost on me. To me, right. that shit was so clear. And right. just how the sound evolved from El General to people like El Chombo and the folks in PR like Playero to everything you know, reggaeton turned into over the years, I feel like we heard that happen yeah. in Venezuela and maybe, I don't know. I maybe kind of skipped that in the, in the U.S., right? Like yeah, I don't early, know if maybe people didn't get that. stuff wasn't popular. Yeah. In, uh, or maybe like the Panamanian musicians weren't popular elsewhere. No sé, no entiendo, pero for me, I feel like that shit was super clear and it's because that shit was really big in Venezuela. Right. And, and there's including, definitely like a race story to that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There's a lot of race uh, stuff to that. Racism, straight up. Yeah. Right? Racism. Right. But I was really uh, a big fan of folks like El General or just like people who I just grew up with. And Cuentos de la Cripta 2, where this album came out from, came out in 1998. Um, there's Cuentos de la Cripta 1 and 3, which came out later. And this was like around the time where Playero was doing his thing. It was, so it was sort of like, it was not before like early like reggaeton stuff, but it was some of the earliest exposure that I personally had to Dembo. Like I wouldn't come to hear um, the Puerto Rican pioneers much until much later, right? Until much yeah. later when I was thinking about being interested in the history of reggaeton. I heard the Panamanian pioneers growing up. Mm, that's awesome. Um, but, uh, so, but, you know, I, I heard this stuff and this shit was like my fucking childhood, you know, quieren chorizo, childhood memories <laughs> <laughs> right here. Right. And this is a you know, metaphor. It's a complex and nuanced metaphor. <laughs> uh, I mean, I was like, <laughs> yes, I do want chorizo. chorizo. Like, that is true. Sorry. I always want chorizo. But... <laughs> Una la comen tostado, otra apanado, una sentada, otra parado. Right. I'm like, I'm not really sure exactly where that's going, what it's about. Chorizo is fun. <laughs> and your parents, like, did they just not listen to what you were listening to? <laughs> no, I think that they thought it was dumb. <laughs> you were like on your disc man. <laughs> yeah, I listened to it. I think in our I think that by I listened to it in my room, but I think that I also 
um, I was listening to this in Venezuela, and then later on, I would bring it back to Minnesota, which, oh my God, the whites were not ready. But mm, um, I can't even imagine. <laughs> but I would play it once I started driving, so probably in 1999, once mm, I, ha- I was like in, the, in car. the car on my own. This wouldn't be like, I feel like I would be too mortified to play this in the car with my parents. Right. Yeah. But that's in the fair. car on my own, I would be yeah. like, you know, in Plymouth, Minnesota, blasting El Chombo. Mm. Doing a service, doing a service, diversity <laughs> service. Plymouth, Minnesota. I didn't realize it was called Plymouth. My Lord. I Could know, right? Could it get any whiter than that? The Pilgrims, That's man. correct. <laughs> well, I did not know this song, but I appreciate now having it having heard it because it's pretty amazing (laughs) i missed i missed i definitely like only got on reggaeton in like 2005 and so i missed all of the the roots of it as they were happening and have kind of rediscovered them through this podcast which i appreciate right right yeah all right well my last song for this episode is a different vibe than the last one we displayed which is typical of us Um, (laughs) why you love our show (laughs) it's called Dejaría todo, and it's by Chayanne. He intentado casi todo para convencerte. Mientras el mundo se derrumba todo aquí a mis pies. Mientras aprendo de esta soledad que desconozco. Me vuelvo a preguntar quizás si sobreviviré. Sin ti me queda la conciencia helada y vacía Porque sin ti me he dado cuenta amor que no renaceré Porque yo he ido más allá del límite de la desolación Mi cuerpo, mi mente y mi alma ya no tienen conexión Y yo te juro que Porque te quedarás Mi credo, mi pasado, mi religión Después de todo estás rompiendo nuestros lazos Y dejas en pedazos este corazón Mi piel también la dejaría Mi nombre, mi fuerza, hasta mi propia vida Y que más da perder Si te llevas del todo mi fe Que no dejaría Oh, man. <laughs> I'm so glad I looked at the top billboard. We found like a link for the top like Latin billboard hits in 98 because I'd forgotten <laughs> about this song. And I could like, it just like, I definitely heard this for sure when it was big. And it just, ah, it just grabs my like all my feels. And I have to give a shout out to Vero's mommy because she brought Cheyenne to our last mommies episode. Oh my God. Which yes, I really appreciated. a lover of Cheyenne. Yes. I mean, there's what what's not to love? <laughs> she he's, loves Chajang. She saw him once in person. Right. Was, and that was the elevator story? Tall. Yeah, that was the elevator, short elevator story. story. She saw him yes. with his like big bodyguards and she yes. was like, Chajang. <gasps> you should go back and listen to our last mommy's episode. It was from like May of last year. So you can hear that story first person. Um, <laughs> So yeah, he's also Puerto Rican. Like I said, I'm just always stunting for the Caribbean, apparently. 
Um, I learned that his given name is Elmer, but what? that Cheyenne was yeah Elmer, but the sh- that Cheyenne was the nickname that given to him by his mom because of some show I guess called Cheyenne but spelled differently that I don't know anything about. Oh, things you learn on Wikipedia. Um, but he's just like a huge pop star. I mean, super well known, like many many platinum albums, just like decades of success. Um, but this was definitely. A big, big hit for him in 98, for sure. And I think this helped, helped his popularity a lot. He was actually, I learned, rejected from Menudo. <laughs> because when he auditioned, he was, he was too young, they said. Oh. And I'm sure that they felt really, they had a lot, felt a lot of regret about that within a couple of years. Because he got it fast. Um, but yeah, this song is just like super sweet and cheesy and just kind of undying love. Like he'll leave, he'll give up everything for her, you know, sort of, we've heard it before, but I just, I love it. I love it. I absolutely love it. What can I so say? So you. <laughs> so me. I know. I know. So I was so glad to be reminded of this song. And yeah, it was just so big that year. I'm sure I heard it. I don't know if my dad is a fan of Cheyenne, but I'm sure I heard it when I was in Miami or whatever. And um, yeah, he's still doing his thing. He came out with an album in 2015. So he's not, I don't think he's going anywhere. Amazing. Staying in his mega popularity as a, yeah, just cheesy. I don't even know. It's kind of like ballady pop. Yeah. Ballads, pop ballads, pop ballads. I feel like (laughs) if it was, if it was like, regular gringo radio he would be on easy listening but Mm, he's not a gringo (laughs) i don't know i feel like michael bolton is like the equivalent in english but like much worse i don't know i think i just i have a lot more room for cheesiness when it comes to when it's in spanish and in like a latinx context i just i feel like we do it better tbh yeah i think we do i think we. although i don't know if I could name a single Michael Bolton song. If somebody <laughs> was like, I'll shoot you in the face if you don't name a Michael I Bolton that song. Never happens to you. I, I would mean, die. Bolton's yeah, me too, because I would a be a, a dead person. <laughs> I feel like he's a joke in a way that I don't think like Cheyenne is a joke, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I don't think he gets a lot of respect. I'm sorry, Michael Bolton. <laughs> Wasn't he on, didn't they have a whole thing about him on Bob's Burgers? I don't know. I don't think so, but maybe they did, but I just don't really know who Michael Bolton is. <laughs> He's got like really long, like curly blonde hair, but it's like balding. It's like one of his oh, sort of awkward. classic looks. Not like super balding, but like receding. Anyway, whatever. Random <laughs> tangent about Michael Bolton. <laughs> All right. I think we're ready to move on to our next I song. think we are. I think let's, let's do it. Let's go out. We're going out strong on this episode. All right, so uh, this song, oh my God, I love this artist. This is La India, and this song is Mi Mayor Venganza. Yeah. 
first time I we brought that India? I can't believe that. I can't believe that. Both Lainia and a, Elise Crespo, a, where a have we been? huge misstep I know. on our part. <laughs> we sincerely apologize for taking two years to bring you La India. Love La India. I feel I like mean, she's one voice. of the baddest to ever do it. For she real, has one an of incredible voice. The New York salsa greats. Incredible voice. Oh my god, yes. I love her and I love her like she's just I feel like she's a feminist icon to be honest. Mm. All of her songs are so um em- she's so empowered and she's really in her fucking poder de mujer, you know? Yeah. And yeah, so powerful. I just, I just love her. Uh, she was uh, born in Puerto Rico, but I think when she was an infant, her parents moved to the Bronx. So she really came up in the Bronx uh, and with the Bronx salsa tradition. And she was discovered by the Bronx salsa band leader Eddie Palmieri, who produced um, her first album, and which was an immediate hit and probably. Um, I, her second album is probably my favorite um, La India album from 1994. Mm. Um, Dicen Que Soy. It's got, obviously, the song Dicen Que Soy, which is, uh, you know, like, bitches say that I'm all this shit, pero digan lo que quieran, which is great. Right. Um, and Ese Hombre, which is, if we ever have a Miss Andrea episode, I'm going to bring that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I feel like they're just, like, these, like, very, um, very... Uh, female power songs like woman power songs that she's like talking about the gendered ways that people talk about women the fucked up ways men act towards women um I just fucking love it. Also, on mm. that 1994 album, Vivir Lo Nuestro with Mark Anthony is on the album, which is just mm. just good shit, just a oh, classic. Oh, man. Two powerhouse voices. Yes, absolutely. But this song, I feel like, is also another one that's like, this one is about a... She's talking to La Otra on right. this one. Right. Right. But she's like, mira, quédatelo. You know, that man is trash. And mi mayor venganza is when you realize what a piece of hot trash he is. And that you're, and you're stuck with him. And right? you're stuck like with that, him. It's like, quédatelo. Right. Te lo regalo. Right. You know, right. like, keep right. him. And her revenge so, will be that you you end up with him and staying with him. Yeah. You know? It's like, yeah. Like, that's, <laughs> this could have been on the Shade episode. This could have been on the Enganyu episode. I mean, so many different. So good. Yeah. I mean, you had so many opportunities to bring La India. I know. Where, where, <laughs> where have we been? <laughs> I know. Well, there's just so much music out there, y'all. You know? I know. Well, I'm we'll glad get everybody that eventually. <laughs> I'm glad that um, y'all are getting to listen to her from us now, and she's getting Rectified adjusted it. too. We love her so much. Um, yeah. So shout out La India. Shout out 1998 for reminding us of this song. This song mm-hmm. technically came out on a 1997 album, but it was charting in '98. So I'm gonna count it. And I just it's wanted to bring La India. You know, it's all good. I'm not going to be mad about, you know, it's our rules. It's our podcast. <laughs> oh, she's so good. She actually had a concert. She was, when, you know how New York City has these free concerts um, mm. in the parks all yeah. over? And she had, she was slated for a free concert, um, La India in the Bronx. And I really, really wanted to go. But I think I was traveling or something. I don't know. There was a, some reason that I couldn't go. And it was so sad. But like. Oh my God, I just fucking love her so much. Mm. Yeah, I would love to see her live. Yeah, I just, 
her voice is incredible. Her presence has got to be really something else. She's just an icon. Well, thanks for traveling back 20 years with us oh today. Oh, my God. I hope you enjoyed the trip down memory lane. <laughs> yes, we're going to uh, post some uh, possibly hilarious mm-hmm. pictures mm-hmm. on our various social media. So make sure you're following us on Instagram. Right. Even though Beto and I live very far apart, apparently we had similar styles. In yeah, we both looked really gay. <laughs> And there might have been some hemp necklaces involved. Oh, my God. Yes. Anyway, yes. you got to follow us on Instagram. We're you at Valiomenea. We're yep. also at Valiomenea on Twitter and Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, we're at Subscribe to us. We're very easy to find. If you haven't reviewed us yet, give us a review. We love them. I don't mm-hmm. know if you have been noticing, if you follow us on Instagram, but we've been featuring our listeners and different things about our listeners on Mondays. We have a little listener lunes thing going on where we highlight your reviews and the things that you say to us. And it's uh, because y'all are really sweet and really we couldn't do this without you. Mm -hmm. Um, So, um, so yeah, follow us on the various uh, social media and, um, and you can check out, you know, articles and, other musica that we post and sometimes they're previews for the stuff that we're working on (laughs) exactly yeah get a little sneak peek if you haven't listened to our last big episode you should check it out it's about problematic faves yeah so we've got a lot of problematic fave episodes that we did dirty reggaeton and other things going on in that episode so make sure to take a listen to that one and thank you, thank you, thank you as always so much for listening to you. We love you. Hasta la próxima.